Flo and Kreisau to episode 29 of Alternative Wales, the podcast. Uh, as ever, Tommy Kaus is here. How are you doing today, mate? I'm not bad at all, mate. How are you? Yes, not too bad. Uh, feeling good, feeling fresh, uh, which I don't know can be this can be said about our uh, other guest, uh, Rodri. How are you, mate? Yeah, that uh, catchphrase has been rested this week. Uh, <laughs> I, feel, I feel the opposite of, yeah, come on this week, so... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, um, burning the candle both ends of the weekend, uh, so yeah, not feeling that fresh. I feel no better or worse than a woodlouse right now, so... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a hell of a way to start a show now. Um, <laughs> I don't really know where to go from there. I, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Lower the tone instantly, yeah. but uh, but there we go. Anyway, uh, biggest news this week. Uh, obviously, I think you all know what we're going to be talking about for a little bit. Uh, Mick McCarthy uh, has finally been sacked by Cardiff City. Uh, eight losses on the bounce, uh, a club record. Um, ne- the club have never lost eight games in a row in the league. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it was long overdue, um, but yeah. I'm a little bit torn on it all, you know, because obviously he had to go, but I'm not really confident about who comes next. Uh, Kaus, I mean, as an outsider looking into Cardiff City, um, I know you wouldn't have seen the game on Saturday as you were on your way to Barnet, but um, what do you think Cardiff need now going forward? Um, Yeah, I think I said last week, just an identity, really. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not talking about the fans or anything like that. You, you know, I'm not talking about uh, the the out, sort of external factors. I'm talking about where where do the club is? Is there a plan? I mean, I, I read, I did read an interview with um, uh, you know, Dalman. Dalman, Dalman, Dalman. Yeah, what's his first name? Mehmet. Mehmet Dalman. That's it. Yeah, and he it was actually quite a worrying interview. If you're a Cardiff fan, I don't know if you saw it. I think it was on yeah. um, Cardiff City Online and. Um, you know, he was talking about uh, in terms of there's not going to be any money to spend in January, probably not going to be any money to spend next summer. Um, and Cardiff are uh, are also going to be probably losing the vast majority of, is it 11 players out of contract next summer? Uh, yeah, 10 players out of contract, I think, and one on loan. So um... so, so that that suggests to me that if, if Cardiff... I mean, I, I said, you know, a couple of months back, Cardiff aren't going to go down, but... I'm not so sure now. I'd be quite worried. I think, mm. um, and, and especially given that news, I mean, what what, what does it look like for next summer? You, you've got to. I, I think. I think perhaps now is is the time to maybe go right. We need to. We need to really sort of make peace with the fact that we're going to struggle for the next eighteen months here. Let's let's build something. Let's mm. build something. Let's accept that it's not going to be good now, but let's look at the bigger picture. And you know, you, we've spoken about Bellamy and stuff like that. I, you know what, whatever's happened with Bellamy, and I know he's been having a tough time and stuff like that. But I think someone like that is is the man to to really, or or you know, or someone like um, someone like a, a you know a, a Flynn or someone like that who can come in and and just you know the, the trouble is though, right? Who who's going to want that job? Well, given given that press release saying that it was a it was a strange time to come out and say all this stuff about yeah. how much of a mess the club is in um, yeah. when you're trying to recruit a, a new manager. 
Um, but we all know how fickle managers are, and most people just want a payday, don't they? Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, of course. Of I, course. I, I, I don't and, speak for all I, managers I, I, about yeah, you know, but but there is a few. Um, uh, what's be, the word? Mercenaries. Be of, be, yeah, there'll be plenty of names in that hat, right? Guaranteed. Yeah. There's enough players in the Cardiff squad as well for some a good coach who backs himself to think they can work with and make mm. into a good good side. So uh, I can't see there being short of takers. It's just depends who you end up with in it because uh yeah but but, but right I was, I was just gonna say um you know it was such a weird interview reading that because he's saying well you know it's it's um you know it's vincent tan's club um you know he he's the one who's put money in blah 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 he wants to see it successful but at the same time he's going but he's not going to put any more money in yeah like, well, well hang on a minute you know which one is it i mean you know he, he's got he's got a um a duty he's got an obligation as the owner if he wants it to be successful i'm afraid you're gonna to have to put your money in yeah i sympathize he's put money in throughout a time where there's no supporters coming through the gate stuff like that i sympathize with him i do but you know he, he's done a lot of damage there in the past i think uh, he owes it to the fans to to make sure that the club doesn't um, doesn't fall down into league one because it could be a tough few years for him. well on that sort of dalman stuff um, I think League One might be the least of our worries um, when you read into what's going on. So, first of all, onto the players who are out of contract. Not only is it 10 players out of contract, it's a spine. We've got Alex Smithies is one of them, our keeper. Sean Morrison, club captain, um, you know, backbone of the squad now for the last five, six, seven, eight years, I think it's been. I think he joined 2014. Um, Marlon Pack, who's an important centre midfielder. Joe Rawls, who's been there over 10 years, um, you know, and ever present. So there's big names in there. Not only, you know, not only are they just, you know, squad players, but they are, you know, they it's a spine. Uh, you'd like to think uh, Kiefer Moore will probably be gone in January if a club comes in for him. You know, looking at our finances, um, you know, all it's going to take is a three or four million pound bid and the club will probably bite your hand off. Um so there's that issue, but then obviously there's the legal issues. Obviously they're in this the Salah debacle, um, and I think if they lose this court case, that's fifteen million down the drain that they'll have to pay, um, and that could see the club be wound up. You know, administration. You you know, you see how easy it can happen for so many other clubs. I think League One would probably be the least of our issues. So um, yeah, it's it's a difficult one. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know who the next man should be or could be. Um, but I mean, Rodri, I'm looking at the odds now. Chris Wilder's favourite six to four. Michael Flynn nine to two. Jody Morris five to one. Steve Morrison, obviously your 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 pal, is currently in caretaker charge. Who's done a cracking job yeah. with the under twenty threes. Um, yeah. <laughs> again, you know, you're an outsider looking in. Any of them jump out as a good appointment? I've I've heard good things about as a coach not as a bloke about jody, <laughs> about jody morris i've heard mm. he's like the, he was the he was the brains behind the lampard stuff um because obviously he worked with lampard didn't he i think yeah true yeah, yeah he, i think it is yeah. i think he and he ran the academy at chelsea for a few years as well yeah um out of them names you've given me though I, i'd probably say chris wilder's your pick there out of those particular choices because he's got a track record of improving teams um, who was it before Sheffield United Oxford was it or someone uh, and Northampton I think he promoted with both one, of them yeah. didn't he yeah so he's done I don't know there's there's just no real outstanding clear obvious one is there from them from, 
if you're asking me. But Hudson's the one they I've seen like um, who's it? Not it wasn't uh, Ledley. It was someone else. I Chopra. Saw yeah, Chopra and a few others were mentioning they should yeah. have, they should be looking at Hudson because he's he'd come back in a heartbeat and he's like you said a few weeks ago. I think he's doing good. Good job in the academy at Huddersfield, is it all? Is, yeah, I think I don't think he's with Huddersfield at the moment. He's not there anymore, but he but was, he, but he was yeah, there. And yeah. He took took care to take a charge of a few games towards the end of the Premier League. You know when um, yeah. what was the guy before him got sacked? The American German bloke. Uh, Wagner, um, is it? Wagner, yeah. that's it. Yeah, um, not the guy from X Factor. The, uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, God, that yeah. would have been interesting if he was in charge of. Uh... But he's got all his uh, badges. And not, not. I'm still. I'm not on about. But I'm, I'm talking about Hudson again. I, I think he's got all his badges. <laughs> yeah, badges and stuff, isn't he? So. Um, yeah. And he's obviously got Cardiff City close to his heart. Yeah, and you know so... he'd he'd be instantly looked after by the fans. You know, like yeah, you... When, like when Mick McCarthy was announced, he he was already out of the door you know people had written him off before yeah. he'd even come in you know and yeah. obviously we weren't wrong in 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 the end whereas Hudson comes in and card you know it's it look at um i mean Solskjaer wouldn't still be in a job at man united if he no. wasn't a man united legend and he didn't have all exactly. his mates looking after him in the media but that's another conversation and if, the, and if there's anything about you as a coach if you're given time a lot of these coaches can put their stamp on things and yeah the ones who've got anything about them who are good coaches all they need is time sometimes it's it's not a given, in especially in the championship. It's cutthroat, in it? So, uh, yeah. If you get someone in like that who's already got a rapport with the fans, who the fans aren't going to turn on that quickly, you never know. It could be a massive stroke, but um, it's yeah. a it's a gamble, isn't it? And I it mean, is, Mehmet Dalman came out and said, you know, he's never took risks in business, and he's not going to take a risk now. He sort of wrote wrote off giving Steve Morrison the job full time already. Poor bloke, yeah. you know. They've trusted him until the international break, apparently, and then they, you know they've, he already knows he's not going to get the job. So what if he wins the next three games? Then what, you know? Um, yeah. And the other thing that came out in that meeting was that uh, Vincent Tan prefers a direct style of play. That's what he likes, so that's what we have to play. Because yeah, he, likes his, he likes his goalkeepers to score double figures. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's his money, so essentially it's his club. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. It's you know, it's it's infuriating. Well, we've seen that, haven't we? We've seen that. We've seen that with the the colour change and all that. You yeah. Know, you, yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't care for the culture of the club or anything. No, I think. I think um, the the worrying thing for me is that um, uh, not for me, but yeah, I've seen sort of uh, sort of Dalman say some like people have come in trying to buy the club, and he's you know he's he said no. Yeah. Um, so you know he doesn't want to relinquish power. Um, yeah. I'd, it's it's not good. I mean, you know, yeah, you could argue, you you could sort of look at it from the other perspective and say, well, Cardiff got to the Premier League twice under him uh, as chairman, mm. but no, I I, I I just I just think it's going to be this cycle of boom and bust for Cardiff until yeah. they get a proper uh, football man involved in in the boardroom, really. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree, and and the thing is, I don't see that happening. You know, the, they've they've been in charge of the club for ten years. Um, I would say we got promoted in that first the first time we got promoted because Tan it was new to Tan's. We pumped in a load of cash, and we yeah. we uh, you know it was helped by obviously you 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 can't it's you know you spending money in the championship doesn't necessarily equate to promotion. You know, we did have a good side and a good manager at the time, and the second time. Um, I you know it put it all down to Warnock's genius that season you know it was out of the blue um and it was a, it was almost a you know it was an exception to the rule whereas you know the rest of it you can't let those sort of 
at the end of the day, they weren't really successes because we came straight back down in a worse place, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's it's a really, really depressing state of affairs, and it's not going to be fixed by whoever they bring in. Because, I, I, you know, you look at the names, and, and I think in an ideal world, I mean, my dream is to see Chris, Craig Bellamy yeah. Um, run the club. I don't. I can't see it happening yet or anytime soon. You know. I. He's. You know. I think yeah. he's the man you give five years to create a project and a dynasty, and that's what the club aren't in the position to do because I don't know what their aim is. Um, and obviously, Mark Hudson it, falls into that category. He'd be another one. So I think the if, best best of a bad bunch is Chris Wilder. You know, he'd if, be better than Chris Hooten or someone. If things aren't right in the background either, I don't think Bellamy would stand for it either, would he? I no. don't think he'd take that job on if he knows it's not. It's not. He's not going to get much help, really. He's the sort of guy who'd come into a club and change everything, you know, from yeah. the academy all the way down to, you know, he'd want to to set everything up in his own image, and the club won't allow that because they have no direction. They have no idea. I don't know what they want to do. Obviously, like Vincent Tan said, he'll only sell the club. Uh, when it's in a better, he'll only like to sell the club in a better position than when he came in. You know, he came in ten years ago, the summer we lost the playoff final um, to Blackpool. Are we in a better position now? Absolutely not. You know, we we've always been, we've always had dodgy owners. You know, and Ridsdale came before him, and and yeah. you know, administrations only, you know, only ever a few a few weeks away usually for Cardiff, but. But you know, we just built that stadium. We just, you know, we were on the brink of the, pre- the Premier League. We had great players at the squad. We had like young Joe Ledley. Obviously, Craig Bellamy came back the following summer. Um, that sort of thing. And now, what have we got in our squad? We our squad's made up of players who were out of contract this summer and under twenty threes players. Essentially, there's no resale value in any of them. Um, there's. I was also thinking as well in terms of like the appointments they've got wrong over the years. I can't remember the last Cardiff manager who was poached by another club. Where if you look at Swansea, how many managers have they lost in the last 10, 20 years to other clubs yeah. who've yeah. come in for them, you know? And it's you look be four or five, wasn't it? Yeah, and you look at our previous managers, um obviously Warnock, uh, Neil Harris still without a job. So, you know, that says a lot. Neil Warnock obviously was going to get another job because that's the kind of bloke he is. Russell Slade never went on to do anything. Paul Trollope went back to coaching. Oligan Solskjaer wouldn't have had another job in English football if it wasn't Man United. Um, Malky Mackay never really had another job. I think he went to Wigan for a few months. So, you know, it's it, it says a lot about the, the standard, you know, the way these managers have left the, cl- the club. Um it's just a disaster. I'm, it's, I'm worried about the future now, and in, in terms of the existence of the football club, you know the way it is. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. It's a sad state of affairs, and um, I think relegation to League One is probably the least of our problems. Uh, anyway, that's Cardiff out of the way. Another depressing <laughs> start. Um, obviously, hopefully, we'll find out who's in charge by the international break. We'll keep an eye on it. Obviously, more to be talked about. Um, just a quick roundup of the other uh, the Welsh clubs playing in England. Newport got off to a winning start under James Robry, three one win over Bristol Rovers away. Uh, cracking start at his yeah. career as a manager. Another good appointment. Um, also was at Cardiff as well. Um, Cardiff lost another gem there, maybe. Um, Swansea lost to Birmingham. Surprisingly, really, I guess after the run Swansea were on. Yeah. Um, and Wrexham uh, won. Was it three nil in the end in Barnacles? Yeah, three yeah. nil. Bit, yeah. bit, bit more like it. 
Yeah, uh, last two games have been very good, actually, right? Um, yeah, a bit of a tactical switch. Um, gone to four at the back rather than the five, which we didn't expect because, um, you know, Phil Parkinson's quite uh, well-renowned as, as being tactically quite um, quite stubborn in his approach. But no, he switched it up. And it's it's really, you know, five goals in two games since he's done that. And it, in all honesty, it looks like a different side. Uh, Paul Mullin uh, getting a lot more of the ball. And, you know, he was class again the other day. Yeah. I mean, his goal... Um, he's he's I I believe he's a championship striker. He's I mean we know we know for a fact he's he's at least League One standard. Yeah. Um, no, I think he could he could comfortably play championship football, and we you know John Davis as well had a really good game. There's there was good performances all over the park, and um, no, it was a good win, really good win, and um, nearly a thousand fans down in London as well. Yeah, which incredible. Is good. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's. Yeah, it's it, it. To be honest, what a difference a week makes because after walking out the ground, it, there was a lot of anger at Marine. Yeah. Uh, the Saturday before, um, people weren't happy because it was a very negative performance against the team three leagues below. But since then, to be fair, he's switched it up. We've got more attacking, and it looks really good and really promising. But um, <laughs> I'm aware that as this podcast goes out we might we might have had a bad result at Maidenhead on Tuesday night, so I may look a bit stupid, but I, I'm actually quite confident. Uh, might come back to bite me that, but obviously Tuesday night away at Maidenhead, I'm quite confident we can get a result there. Yeah, absolutely. And I was I've watched a few of Mullen's goals um recently. Um and they're not tappings either. They're like no. he he almost creates them himself. Like that one on Saturday, didn't he beat a man? I think he finished quite low and hard from the edge of the box. You know, they're not strikers goals are they they're um you know they're talented players goals and um you might have uh, a visit a couple of visitors on saturday as well that's the on the rumor mill i think you broke the news didn't you (laughs) Uh, well i I wasn't the one who broke the news i'd have been in trouble for that if i did it was uh, (laughs) it was a car uh yeah it was it was um a colleague of mine can i say that colleague of yeah i suppose they had a colleague of mine it doesn't work with me but (laughs) um but yeah uh yeah, so that that yeah, I've, I'm gonna I'm gonna sound all journalist and in Mr. ITK, but I've known for about two weeks now. Oh. Do you know what I mean? These, this is the information I'm privy to. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so it looks like they're gonna be here, um, and yeah, it's. I just hope it doesn't go too much into a circus because at the end of the day, three points is all that matters, really. Yeah. Yeah. Right, just but, you wait. No, it'd be, it'd be you you lose. Them, you lose three 0 in front of them, guaranteed. Well, I mean, I mean, we've we, it's a sellout already. There's there's going to be nearly ten thousand people there. Uh, Torquay, I think, have sold about a hundred tickets, um, and uh, so you know, just put all your money on a one 0 Torquay win. Basically, yeah, sounds good. Absolutely. Obviously, as well, Wales women played last Friday night. They got a really um, hard fought one all. One all draw in Slovenia, uh, one nil down. It was an immediate, um, immediate uh, reaction. They scored straight, pretty much straight away afterwards, wasn't it? Did you watch it, yeah. Rod? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. What I did thought, you make of it? Uh, yeah, I, I think you you take a result like that away from home against, I think Slovenia are the, are the rivals for second spot, really. Yeah, aren't they? yeah. Um, just don't lose away from home to the yeah. nearest rivals. I think in a, in a group like that, because you you keep the points. Stop them getting points. You're not getting much points, but you know, you know what I'm saying is yes. Just, you're keeping that at any sort of advantage they could get over you down by denying them a win. So mm. I, th- I think you gotta, you gotta take the draw. 
I know they were on a bit of a run and they probably had ideas they were going to win, but once they were down to 10 men to to, uh, to keep them out, uh, and the weather was pretty awful as well, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it well, was a shambles there. The pitch didn't look too great either. No, so I think it was, at the end of the day, that's a fantastic point. If you, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so obviously... Go on, yeah, uh, I was I was just going to say, look, you know, it, it did look like a good point, agreeing, just echoing what you two said, but um, uh, they're, they're expecting a, a record crowd, are they? Yeah, uh, I'll be going down tomorrow night as we're speaking. Obviously, it would have been yesterday yeah. by the time the show's out, so you'll know how it went. But uh, I think earlier this afternoon, it was 600 tickets off being a record. So I think Fantastic. should should smash that um, again against Estonia. I'm really not looking yeah. forward to watching Wales Estonia again. Mind, um, I feel like I've been bu- I've been burnt. Uh, I've watched Estonia the same amount as I've watched Cardiff this season. <laughs> after after tomorrow, so uh, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It should be hopefully a really good atmosphere. Um, yeah, and a three three points would do would do us the world of good. Um, we'll go into a lot more detail on these games next week. Um, you know, discuss them as a pair and and, and the whole break next week obviously unfortunately the way it's all fallen hasn't quite meant we could do it immediately but yeah next next week's podcast we'll we'll go into depth a bit more and have a chat about the campaign and and how it's looking um but i also noticed that france won 11 nil in their game i think it was against yeah. estonia they won 10 nil as well in another <laughs> in another round so um yeah they're obviously uh the team to to yeah, beat go- Goal difference plus a thousand by the end of the, <laughs> the, the games, Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that's sort of this week in Welsh football. Uh, next up, we've got a really special guest, um, Chris Hughes, the manager of Newtown. Uh, had a chat with me in Cows earlier. Um, so uh, yeah, here's the interview with Chris um, where we talk about all things Welsh football. <laughs> So we've got a very special guest uh, on the podcast today, um, Chris Hughes, manager of Newtown F- AFC, uh, Cymru Premier side, uh, won the playoffs last year with uh, with them. Uh, hi, Chris, how's it going, mate? Hi, hi, Ryan, you okay? Everyone, yeah. Everything all right? All good, all good here, all good here. Uh, obviously, Tommy Kaus is with me um, to, uh, to, to uh, I don't know, lighten the mood like he tends to do. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that my role in proceedings? Is it? Yeah, is yeah. <laughs> Comic relief. <laughs> um, right, so so let's let's start at the beginning. Um, I did a bit of research, um, uh, albeit limited research. So you've been at Newtown now for eight seasons. Am I correct? Uh, just on the ninth one now. On so your ninth eight, season now. Yeah, ninth season now. So eight eight years next week. I think I think it is. So I, yeah. I took over in. Uh, Bonfire night, November uh, 2013. So November 2013, yeah. So you've, in the eight completed seasons, you've finished in the playoffs for six of them. You've won two playoffs, I think I'm correct in that, and you've got to a Welsh Cup final. So not a bad record so far. Yeah, um, yeah, we would have liked to have qualified for a few more finals. I think we've, I think um, at one point we were always the bridesmaid and, and never the bride. We kept losing semi-finals, um, Welsh Cups and League Cups and stuff. But I think it when I took over from the club, um, the club had never made the top six before, and they I think they'd stayed in the league on technicalities. You'll, you'll be well aware, obviously, teams didn't get the licence mm. in the leagues below. So Newtown had finished in sort of relegation positions, but never, um, never gone down due to due to sort of um, the licensing procedure. So I think when I took the job, I was, I was number two at Prestatin um, under Neil for three seasons and we, we won the Welsh Cup that, and, and qualified for Europe as well in that time, which was 
which was excellent and re thoroughly enjoyable. And it just felt the right time to to go and have a go. And I think with Newtown, it was a, a pretty stable club at the time, eight, eight years ago. And you know, the one thing that the which was probably a bit un, unheard of in in football was they hadn't had a lot of managers. I think they've been in the league since '92. I think they'd had four, four or five managers, which was mm. unheard of, really. If you if you think of what what everyone's saying about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer this yeah. morning and this afternoon. Um, you know, that was unheard of. So that, that appealed to me and it was just an opportunity to to, to, to go and, and, and try it. And obviously I was, in terms of my own coaching career, I'd gone through my A licence and was looking to attend the pro licence as well. And, you know, that was a, a big factor in, in me applying for the Newtown job. And I was fortunate enough to get it. And sort of, as you say, then, we qualified for the top six in the first year. And the next year was the year that we got to the Welsh Cup final and qualified for Europe. And I ended up having that fantastic run and played Valletta from Malta, beat them and then went and played Copenhagen. And, Brilliant. Which is a fat, unbelievable experience, really, to, to go out there and, and play against them. And and then, uh, yeah, it just goes on. And I think, you know, when you're in management, you know, you know, you know what the industry is and you know how it works. And, you know, I suppose I'm probably from the first job to keep my job for, for eight years and nine seasons is is probably uh, unique, really. Yeah. No, I mean, I feel like Newtown have always been uh, like an ever-present now in the Cymru Premier. You know, they're, they're always there or thereabouts. So I think it's testament to, to yourself, you know, like you said, if they were, you know, avoiding relegations on technicalities. And, you know, the, the two, se two seasons you didn't qualify for the playoffs, one of them was the was the year that was cut short so there was no playoffs so yeah gotta... I think there was there was one season where we finished eighth and then the, the year the pandemic year we were in the in the top six yeah we would have been in the playoffs but obviously because of the pandemic we never got chance to take part in them so I'm claim, I'm claiming that one um, yeah. I'll claim that but but yeah so as, as you say I think I think there's only a couple of teams that have been in the league since since what was it 1992 when the, mm. the Conica League of Wales was started, and I think we're one of them. And I know that's something that the club are, are very proud of. So yeah. <laughs> the pressure the pressure is on um, is on me really to make sure that we stay in the league every year. Yeah, so um, let's talk a bit about sort of your you as a manager first. So you you go into Newtown. What was the first things you sort of put in place? Did you change much, or was it you know how, how did you approach the job? Yeah, I was in a, a unique situation really because I took over. Um, normally, when you take over mid-season, in the, it was in November, I took the job. Was normally the manager's been sat because the team are you know struggling at the wrong end of the league, etc. But actually, when I took over, I think the team was sort of halfway in the league, mm. and they'd won a couple of games prior. But the manager had got a, a, a full-time opportunity at a football league club, so had left. So actually, the circumstances were slightly different. So when I came in, there wasn't. It was just almost just to keep that that momentum. And that good run going really, and try and extend that that sort of honeymoon for, for as long yeah. as I could. Um, so I always remember my first game. It was a, it was at Connors Key, um, and we went there. We won four 0 and I was thinking, what what's all the fuss about this management? You know, it's one four 0 It's it's easy. What's what's everyone moaning about? But but yeah, and I think then. We, we kind of uh, lost a few games and I always remember my first loss. It was up at Bangor up at Nantporth to Nev, actually, Nev, someone who I'm, I'm very friendly with. And, you know, I remember driving home, not not thinking, oh, this don't like this, you know, losing. Is, it's not nice. And having to, having to do be a man, do the interviews after the game, you've lost a game. First time I've ever sort of lost a game as a manager. And, you know, it, I think interestingly for us, I, when I went there, it was the last season of Newtown having a grass pitch. 
so the the pitch got changed to 3G in the to the, uh, May 2014. So obviously, mm. I I had, I finished off the season on the grass pitch, and then was the manager when the pitch went to the uh, the artificial. So you know that was another thing as well. It was. Uh, sort of quite interesting for me to, to take part in. So I've, you know, never never played before properly on, on 3G. Obviously now it, it's common practice, isn't it? Everywhere, mm-hmm. Most clubs have got a 3G pitch and it's, you know, every, everyone uses one. But, um, you know, back then it was a little bit different. So, you know, obviously it, it helps you in terms of maybe some of the football you want to play and how you want to play as well. What is the Chris Hughes philosophy then? Uh, what can we call it? Hughes ball? <laughs> should we, should we, yeah, should we go for Hughes Ball? Hughes yeah. Ball, yeah. I mean, it's, it, does, it's, it sounds a little bit derogatory, to be honest. No, I'm sure Hughes it's meant in the right yeah. way. But no, I mean, I just wanted to ask Chris, I suppose, um, in terms of philosophy and stuff, do you approach games differently um, if you're playing on grass to if you're playing on 4G? Or is, it, or is your style of play, your setup, your tactics, does it remain pretty much the same? Yeah, I think it, in the early days, I was, I was pretty sort of. Um, stuck to play in a certain way and I think I don't know whether it's with experience or you know I think now we, we, we'll tweak certain things of how we're going to approach and you know and I'm, I'm not one of these managers that sticks my head out and goes you know what you know I, I've got this philosophy and I'll, I'm going to do it whatever it you know come rain or shine and I think because you, you, you know you, the opposition will play in certain ways you know for example if, you, if you're playing TNS away then you have to be respectful that you're not going to have a lot of the possession and you've got to play a certain way you know whether when you play at home against another team you might have more of the ball so you see so you know you, I think maybe when I started off I was I would say I've certainly adapted things slightly as, as, as you get a bit more experience and a bit more worldly wise if you like and you know, I, I get asked that question about about philosophy I think you know in, in an ideal world we'd all have this uh, Pep Guardiola philosophy or a Jurgen Klopp philosophy of how we play and stuff but I think when you're, you're dealing with part-time players who come to you after to training after doing a day's work and whatever their occupation is you know that it's a fine line between you know getting out what you want out in terms of match prep for Saturday but making sure that you know you tick the physical box so they have a good run out a good workout and then obviously you know a bit of a bit of fun in there as well in terms of creating that sort of uh, team spirit so I think it's a bit of everything really that's how we we approach it at Newtown and you know certainly um, you know we want to try and score goals absolutely but um as as my friend Andy Morrison always tells me, clean sheets are more important than scoring goals. Mm. So, uh, <laughs> but he would say that, wouldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just just on that point that you made there, Chris. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, you travel a lot of miles to get to games and stuff like that. I, I hate to think how many miles on the clock your car's got now, mate. But uh, <laughs> the, but also on top of that, um, how difficult is it? I mean, people. People perhaps don't consider these things, what you've just talked about in terms of players have done a day's work and they've travelled to get to games. You're, geographically, you're at a disadvantage where you are in Newtown, aren't you? Because you're neither here nor there. You've got the North Wales sides who can obviously attract scousers and people from Manchester and stuff like that. Now, you're a little bit further afield, so just how difficult is it when you're going to a player to try and attract him to come to Newtown and they perhaps look at Google Maps and go, oh, Christ, that's 100 miles from my house. How difficult is that for you guys compared to someone like, say, for example, Flint or Pennebons? Yeah, it's an interesting one, that, because I, when I first took the Newtown job, I, I didn't really sort of grasp that, and I was talking to players who I just thought, oh, I could get them. And I remember talking to one player in particular, and he was saying to me, well, I've got to drive past four Welsh Premier League clubs to get to you, so why would I sign for you? Hmm. And at the time, I was like, oh, 
know, blooming players doing that. But then you think about it, and you're like, well, yeah, he's right, and he? why, why would he, you know, why would he do that? Because obviously, as you say, I mean, we've we've got an, a, a sort of a little niche, and you probably may have noticed it from the players that we recruit. Obviously, that you know, in terms of the English area, we we get a lot of players from the sort of the Shrewsbury um, link. We've my assistant had the link, or as a used to work for Shrewsbury, so we we tend to get the the young players from there. We've had. Ryan Sears on loan, who's now playing for Grimsby. Tommy, you might be aware of in the in the in the conference. I think he played against Wrexham a few weeks yeah. ago. So yeah, Ryan was with us. Um, yeah, so we've so we've, we've we've had a few players. Obviously, Fumper was with us on loan from Pumawande, but now he's come back to us full time. George Hughes, who plays for us, was on with us on loan. Has come back to us. We've got Jake Walker, who was a player at Shrewsbury, but actually went to Aston Villa, um, and he played in that cup game against Liverpool last year. If you remember it in the FA Cup when all yeah. Villa had the COVID issues, Jake. Jay played in that game for Aston Villa. So, you know, there are, whilst the, the North Wales corridor is, uh, and you're right, Tom, it's difficult to get players into Newtown at times, but we do we do have players that come across. I think we're 40-odd minutes from Wrexham, which is not too bad, um, and we're sort of 40 minutes from Shrewsbury as well, so we've got that. And then we, we've got the Birmingham, we've got a couple of lads from Telford as well. Um, so, we, you know, we, we have areas where we can recruit from. Um, and but obviously, there's, you know, there's certain areas that it's difficult to get players from because of the distance. Yeah, so on on recruitment then, so how do you go about the recruitment process? Is it, um, do you do a lot of scouting yourself or, um, you know, is it sort of through word of mouth on players or, you know, who's available at the time? Is it, or is it a mixture of them all? I think it's a sign of the times really now. And one of the, one of the answers really would be something I've noticed a lot in the last three, four, five years is agents. Mm. And we we get agents now in the Welsh Premier League, and people may raise their eyebrows at that and be surprised. But you know, more and more players now, especially when they get released from academies, um, they have agents when they're when they're with professional clubs, and they kind of carry that on. So you know, you you do get a lot of agents uh, ringing you with players as as they do. That's their job. Um, so you know, there might be that uh, word of mouth. Players are good recruiters as well. Mm. So you're you're the players that play for me currently. You know, they might have people that friends that they know at other clubs um so that you know players are good recruiters of other players um that's that's been a good, <laughs> quite a good one um over the years you know um yeah i i think it's just a bit of everything obviously you, you know it, it's, it's quite hard to in terms of signing players from other Welsh prem clubs because you know a lot of the players have been at the clubs for a long time you know we look into england we've got as i said the nice little niche that we've got over the border um with shrewsbury and other players from birmingham obviously you've You'll know Aaron Williams, who's coming from Telford this year. Yeah. Uh, Henry Cowens, who we've signed, who's from coming from Telford. Jake Walker, who's from Master Villa. Um, you know, so we've we've got uh, James Rowlands as well, who's at Shrewsbury. So we've we've got a nice little sort of balance there. And obviously mixed in with that, we've got the likes of Craig Williams, Kieran Mills, Evans, Dave Jones, who've been at the club for as long as I have. Um, uh, Nick Rushton as well, who Tom might remember from playing yeah. at Wrexham for a few years, who's been with us for a long time now, experienced Welsh Premier League player James Davis as well, who was Drew's Kevin Drew's before. So we Jordan Evans, we've got a nice little balance, Ryan Edwards, we've got a nice little balance of players from from sort of the uh the Welsh Premier League familiarity really and obviously players from over the border as well. Yeah, obviously then on the opposite side of things from the young players, you've you've brought in David Cottrell this summer, obviously a big name in the league, you know, ex international, you know, was at Euro twenty sixteen with Wales, um got a good old chunk of caps in the end for Wales. How, what does he bring to the team then in terms of experience? You know, is he a leader or is it more he does 
he sets the standard in terms of uh, professionalism. Yeah, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a really good question in terms of signing the, you know the, those senior players. Um, and I think with Dave's on on the, you know talking about Dave, obviously Dave had, had come out of Barry, so you know Dave had been in the league for a year, so he wasn't coming into the league blind. You know, he, yeah. he, he's played against all the teams before. He knows the standard of the league. He knew what he was going into, and that was one of the things that um, you know appealed. Um, you know, certainly his quality, as you'd expect, um, is, is very high. Even, as you've already stated, you know, international experience, Premier League experience, Championship experience. Um, but you know, one thing that I've been really pleased with, um, and again, you know, we talked about the homework, but we spoke to a lot of people about Dave. And one thing I've been really pleased with is his influence in the dressing room, especially with the younger players. And um, you know, he's been he's been very good in in that respect. And you know, he's very humble. Um, and hardworking, very a very fit and motivated player, and he's uh, he's, he's done well. He's got a bit of an injury at the moment, so hopefully he won't be too long out. But and we'll see him back. But you know, he's he's certainly contributed to us as well. Yeah, obviously, um, you know, I, I don't know how you find the time in uh, in your week, Chris. I mean, you know, the, the only time I I notice you having off is when I see in the chippy on a Friday. But, <laughs> uh, I was waiting for that one. I was waiting for that. <laughs> well, I've been I've been told when, when I when I told um, when I told the owner of the chippy that uh, you were going to come on the pod one day, uh, he said, "Right, you got to get that in there." Yeah, so, definitely. Uh, <laughs> Sim- simply fish and chips in Denby. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. In. Yeah, yeah well, next next time you're outside, we'll get a photo with you holding yeah, up. Yeah, definitely, uh, definitely. But no, uh, no, just uh, you know, I mean, obviously you're you're a you're a, a university lecturer as well, Chris. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glenville um, University. You know, I mean, you say you live in Denby, but I'm guessing about five percent of your week is spent in Denby, is it? Yeah, I think it's just to sleep. I think actually, <laughs> yeah, just to sleep. Yeah, just to lay in the head. But um, no, just with the FAW, um, it's something that I've been involved with the FAW Trust and. For a long time, I think it's over twenty years now. Um, so, uh, as a tutor, coach education tutor, so I, I deliver. Over the years, I've delivered the, the football leaders, the the C license, which is now a C certificate, and the UEFA B license, and I've also done a little bit of mentoring on the A license as well. So, you know, I really enjoy that. You get to meet people from all over the place. Um, obviously, in addition to that, um, I've gone through my own coaching badges. So. Um, with with Oshan Roberts, who's now, as we know, in in the Premier League with Crystal Palace, the assistant to Patrick, um, and I, I did my pro license. Obviously, Patrick was Patrick Vieira was one of the um, the people on my pro license uh, a few years ago. We had a couple of Welsh Premier League guys, um, Craig Harrison, who, who, uh, who I'm, I'm still very close to now, and Ian Hughes, who you may remember as Aberystwyth manager, who's working out in America. Um, so there's a couple of the Welsh Premier League lads with Greg Strong as well, who was manager of Real. So there's a few Welsh Premier League boys, and, and obviously then the likes of Patrick and Saul Campbell, etc. From from that from that Premier League, Craig Bellamy, um, who obviously was um, ex Welsh international, as you know. So, and then as I said, in addition to that, you know the the coach education, which I really enjoy. You meet people from all over the place, and I was at, I was out yesterday and in uh, delivering on the B licence over in Aberystwyth uh, yesterday morning or all day yesterday so I, I, I enjoy that so uh, so yeah I think it's a it's just a you know brought up in football with, with, through my dad and uh, you know it's, it's his fault um, really that I'm, I am the way I am with football but you know, it's, look, it's a game we all love you know it's um, you see you see it every day on your telly, unfortunately for me with my wife and she gives me a bit of stick about it but no I, I you know I'm you love the game. Your passions for the game. You know, I was a going growing up as a a Wrexham fan. Um, you know, uh, 
when they were in League One and League Two and the Cup shocks, and I was there at the Arsenal game and the West Ham game and you know everything else. So yeah, you, you know it was in, in my blood really as a young boy. And at the moment, it's not great being a, a Manchester United fan as well, but sadly <laughs> I am, and uh, it's not it's not fantastic. But growing up, it was great there. So yeah, you, you know football's in your blood. You love the game. You know I was wherever I can, I get an excuse. My son plays now as well, so he. He's he's getting the same as what I did when I was a child. Off, 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 I, I did off my dad. I'm with like he's football daft like I am. Absolutely. You mentioned obviously doing your uh, A license with the likes of Patrick Vieira and Saul Campbell, but also there was a lot of other Cymru Premier coaches uh, on the license at the time. How important has that whole um, coaching system been? Do you think in in terms of improving the quality of coaches we've got in our in our league? Um, and throughout the pyramid, down you know, down to grassroots, because of people like Patrick Vieira, who have also, you know, endorsed the the badges, etc. You know, I, do you think it's helped though that that whole system? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm probably a little bit biased because I obviously work for the FAW just yeah. as well part time <laughs> as a tutor, but um, you know, I, I was in that position where I was working through my own coaching badges as a coach, and then also tutoring at the lower levels as well whilst they're doing that. So, like you said, went through my A licence uh, and then got onto my pro licence where I obviously met, come across uh, Patrick and, and, and the others and obviously the Welsh Premier. And then would go from there and, and then the next weekend be, you know, doing a Leaders Award in Port Maddock or a C certificate over in Wrexham and, and things like that. So, you know, you do meet a lot of people and it's great, you know, when you, you go to grounds and you go to games and people, you know, come over and chat again, you, universal language, that is football. So, um, you know, I, will, I would say from the FAW Trust and especially in the Welsh Premier League, you'll be aware of that, you know, to manage to, to get the UEFA licence, the manager has to be working towards or have that UEFA Pro licence. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to be, uh, when I got the job at Newtown, to be uh, accepted and enrolled onto the UEFA Pro Licence, which is a fantastic course, and I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, listening, meeting people from different backgrounds. We had um, Chris Davis, who's the assistant manager to Brendan Rogers at Leicester. He was the, at that time, he was the analysis, head of analysis at Liverpool to Brendan. We've got, we had Gareth Taylor, who you may remember, he played for Wales, Man City, yeah. Notts Forest. He's a well, Man- Manchester City uh, women's manager now as well. We had Jane Ludlow, who obviously went on to be the national team manager uh, for women for Wales. So we had you know lots of different people on the course. And it was a fantastic learning environment. Um, and I think the way the courses are structured and the way that um, the courses are taught as well, I m- must say that because I'd be doing myself down if I didn't. Um, but you know, it's good to see and, you know, the club I'm involved in, um, with, uh, Denby Town Juniors, I'm obviously with, through my son. I've, I've, I don't know how I've managed to get myself on the committee there as well. Uh, so I'm a glutton, <laughs> glutton, glutton for punishment with the juniors, but, you know, we get our coaches there who are going through their leaders award and their C certificate and, you know, the feedback we get is really good and they enjoy the courses and, you know, then they take that back and work with their players and I think, um, you know, that's what we want. You know, if you look at the success over the years of the national team, that's come from, you know, especially um, it, a lot of those players will have played in the Victory Shield, the under-15s, under-16s team. I remember a lot, I'm sure my age here, a long time ago watching Aaron Ramsey play at Rill for Wales, Victory Shield squad. I think it was against Scotland. Um, so it's a, it's a fair while ago, but, you know, I remember him playing over there. So that so these boys have been in the system. I think Chris Gunter, Joe Ledley, I think they all played Victory Shield. So, you know, it's great that these players come through, but obviously having the coaches as well at younger age group working with them and, uh, and improving them. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so on to this season then. At the moment, you are sitting in third. You've had four wins on the bounce on 19 points, level with Flint in second. Um, obviously, back in front of crowds again this season. Um, How has it been so far? You know, we're, we're almost halfway through phase one. I think we're 10 games in. Um, so, yeah, what, what's the verdict so far in the season for you? Yeah, it's, it's been a... A season where we we kind of like, even we've played ten games, it's almost like in in thirds. The first third we did okay. We obviously had TNS at home the first game of the season. I think we played them on the Sunday and they just lost in Europe uh, an extra time. I want to say Slovan Bratislava. I think it was Slovan Bratislava. It was um, Pulson, wasn't it? Pulson's apologies. Sorry, yeah. yeah, sorry, Victoria Pulson. It was, and um, we we obviously they turned up and. On the day we did okay, we just give it conceded floppy goals, and then we went to we went down to Penabon and drew one one, and then we, we we won two games on the bounce. And you're thinking things are you know going well. We're seven points um, out of twelve and fine. And then and then we had two really poor performances at Flint away. We 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 got beat up and no no qualms. And we had Aberystwyth with at home, um, where obviously their boys scored from the halfway line, which was an unbelievable goal. I think everyone's seen it. Um, and then, then we lost that. And then all of a sudden you were, you know, in this, that second third of the games, you were like, all right, well, you know, we sort of zero points from six and we're in, I think, in ten, ninth or tenth position. And then and then we went and won four games. So it's a it's a really unpredictable league and it's a it's a really tough league. And um, now one thing I would say, with it only having six games every weekend, um, you know, you almost want that picture perfect one is, you know, you want to win your game and you want the other five games to be draws yeah. um, because you gain, you know, without saying it obvious, you know, you gain two points on everyone, you know, you, so, you know, that happens quite a lot. Um, and, you know, we were ninth and as you just said, you know, now we're top end of the table and, but that's all changing the, the blink of an eye really. And then, but, you know, that's the way that the league works with it only having 12 teams. Um, and there's some good teams in there as well, some really tough teams. And, you know, you've got to be on your metal every week. And if you're not, you know, we've had that warning where we lost two on the bounce, where we produced two under 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 par performances and we, we got what we deserved. Um, but then we produced some good performances and won games as well. So it's just finding that consistency, which is you know, difficult at times when you're dealing with part-time players. Yeah, so how do you feel like the... Obviously, you mentioned that, you know, there's so many good teams in this league now and it is so close. How do you think... How and why do you think the league has improved so much in the last, I'd say, you know, since you've taken over at Newtown? Yeah, I, I, well, you you probably answered part of my question, really, in, in your last question about the coaches. Mm. Um, you know, the, the coach in the league, obviously, you have to have your pro licence, your assistant has to have their A licence. So there's been a lot of money and a lot of time from the FAW and the FAW Trust invested into the league. You know, you, you're almost every single person, has, I think, has been through the FAW coach education system that works in the league as well. Um, so I think that's one. Teams are very well organised now. They're fit. Um you know, even the teams that only train once or twice a week are still fit. I think there's been a, there's like a culture change now. I noticed that, especially with the young players coming through, you know, um, you know, back in the day when you used to get on the bus and used to be, um, you know, cans of lager getting thrown around. Now, you, unfortunately for you, Couch, I don't think you like it, but they don't, that doesn't happen anymore. Um, <laughs> it's very, very rare. They're more likely to have a protein shake now than a, a, a can yeah. of Carlin or something like that. So, you know, that's disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Modern yeah. football, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I think that that's kind of a, a, been a bit of a change over the years, you know, the way players are, because they a lot majority of players or a lot of players, I should say, come through academies, so they they they're schooled in different ways. You know, they they don't really 
drink a lot of alcohol and you know they look after their themselves their bodies their, their diets away from it and that's helped improve our league and and then you you know you've got some some very good experienced players in the league um George Haram, Mike Wild, Danny Harrison, Chris Venables, uh, Dave Edwards, who's come in, obviously Dave Cottrell, uh, Jazz Richards now, you know, there's, there's, there's quite a few players coming into the league or been in the league for a while who were obviously at the latter end of their careers, but are really adding something to the league in terms of quality as well. And, you know, and then the younger players that are coming through, the exposure that they get on the telly, um, you know, that's a big one, live games. Um, I remember speaking to a player a few years ago and, he asked me a question of, do I get my name and number on the back of the shirt? And he, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, all right, yeah, that's fine. I'll sign then. You know, and <laughs> something as simple as that. But, you know. I've, I've, I've got a lot of time for that, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it, I mean, it was a, I remember laughing when I heard when he asked me the question. And I was like, if, if you'd have told me that at the start, if that was a, if that was a selling point, I wouldn't have wasted all the, all the patter about the club and the league and stuff. <laughs> but, um, but no, you know, things like that, obviously in the, in our equivalent in the English non-league, your conference North and the lower leagues, they don't have that. They don't have that exposure on, um, you know, the, the live games, the highlight packages that, that Scoria do a really good job of and, you know, and everything else. But, but and I, I'm sure you're going to ask me it, at some point, I might steal your thunder, but we're judged on our results in Europe as well. And we, you know, as a league, you know, I think everyone acknowledges that they have to be better. It's not as easy. It's not just as simple as saying it because, you know, it is very difficult when you you, you go into Europe and you know we're out of season, we're playing against teams who are in season, and I'm sure you, I'm guessing you're probably going to ask me this question at some point. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it is it is it is a, it is a tough one, and ultimately, for our league to be viewed as a a, a success, we you know we have to improve in Europe but it's it is difficult you know I've been part of three different European campaigns one with Prostat and what two with Newtown and it, it, it's tough when you're trying to prepare a team out of season um, you, you're heavily weight, reliant on the draw the, the draw is so important um, you know this year we, we got the rough end of it really playing against the Dundalk side who were in mm. season who'd obviously yeah. played Arsenal and reached the group stages last year um, and you know it didn't help us with it so not surroundings of, of sort of the COVID and everything else the issues we had to deal with but we had a tough draw whereas I think if we'd have drawn one of the other teams in our pot that we could have got we might have had a chance of progressing or more of a chance I should say I think I believe that's what we call a segue in it right I think that's yeah absolutely it's not not his first rodeo. <laughs> I, I, rem- I remember uh, I remember your uh, your interview actually after Dundalk, Chris, and you, you said almost exactly what you said there. Didn't you? Um, it 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 is it is an almost impossible task coming up against the Dundalk side, who are all, who are Europa League veterans as well, group stage veterans at that, and and they're in season. I mean, it's almost impossible. So. I suppose I suppose I'll just ask the question, right? Shall I? Are you are you in favour or are you not yeah. in favour of the summer, the, the summer question, Chris? Talk to us about that. Yeah, summer football. I think it's something that's on the agenda for the league. I know it's something that's been discussed with the, within the clubs at the moment. I know I'm I'm, I'm not um, telling anything that shouldn't be said. I think it's definitely on, on the table. I think the fact of you know our league going from four clubs to three clubs again you know that's that's this year we've only got three clubs that can qualify for Europe um, I think we're all um, we're all supporters of anybody that's playing against Lincoln Red Imps at the moment because uh, we <laughs> yeah. don't, we don't yeah. want them to uh, to get a draw they've lo- played three lost three so sorry if there's any Lincoln Red Imps supporters listening to this but we hope we are big in Gibraltar mate so you know <laughs> yeah. oh yeah right well sorry apologies then you, you <laughs> might go down after this but we hope you lose every game uh, in the three that you've got left we hope you get battered in every three in all the three games you've got 
Um, yeah, so we can get I our, think, our I think full we echo, spot back. Yeah, we echo them sentiments, mate. To be yeah, fair. we can get our full spot back, and um, yeah, look, look, you know, summer football. It, it, I think, I think this year with the lower tier starting, obviously tier two, tier three, and down starting a little bit early, mid July, beginning of July, sort of, and the, and the crowds, and then you know, I remember we played TNS at home. It was in that middle of August, and it was a Sunday game. But, you know, we had a really good crowd in that day and it makes for a, a huge atmosphere. And I think you mentioned at the top, uh, Rai, you know, we, we haven't had fans in for 12 months. So it was, mm. it was it was even more, you know, I say nicer to have fans in as well. And yeah, look, I, I think for, having been involved in grassroots football with my son for a long time, six or seven years, I think for children, I think, I think personal opinion, it should be grassroots. You know, I, I've, I've watched him shiver on the pitch in December and January, you know, on a cold morning um, up here, and it, it you know, it, it, it is that the best uh, sort of environment for a, a young player to develop? No, when he's, he's on the pitch and his teeth are chattering, he's freezing cold in the middle of a, a January morning playing on a a pitch where he, he's got mud up to his ankles. I, I, I'm, I'm I'm yet to be convinced that that's that's a good idea. I think for children it should be summer football. I know the argument will come back. Well, what about children who play cricket or play other sports? You know that it will clash with that, but I think that's always going to be the case, isn't it? At whatever level, mm. adults, I, I, I'm open for it. I'm open to it. I think anything that can in, in, improve, you know, you, you talk to other managers who were involved in Europe and talk to Andy Morrison quite a lot. And you know, when you're in the Champions League and you get, you know, the, some of the draws that they could get. I mean, you know, last year I think that the Armenians was probably the best draw on the pitch that they could have got. Um, you know, but you, you're talking some of the teams that you you could get drawn you you get drawn against. You know, even if we're halfway through our season, you know, I think it would be very difficult. So it's not just that summer football. I think you go back to that interview some after the Dundalk game. I I'm talking about investment as well. You know, I, I mentioned the investment, and I think that's something that you know, with the new CEO now who's come in, and you know, so hopefully it's something that they'll look at. You know, investment in the clubs as well because. You know, we, we, we want to bridge the gap. The clubs are ready. We want to we want to be better in Europe. Of course, we do. You know, we don't like losing football matches. I don't I don't want to go to Dundalk and get beat four 0 I don't I don't like it. I'm competitive. I want to win, but it's difficult when I feel like I've got two hands and me two me two feet tied together going into a, a battle and you know a pea shooter against a water cannon almost. It's very difficult. So how we get there, I don't think it's going to happen overnight. Some football potentially we start earlier so that when when we're in Europe we're obviously three four five six games into it, um, and then you know obviously the investment as well in in terms of you know making sure that we can compete with 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 these teams and I think it's about being better than maybe some of the countries in and around us you know the Iceland the Maltes the Faroe Islands the Republic of Islands you know the Northern Islands if you look at Southern and Northern Ireland you look at Linfield you look at Dundalk you look at Bohemians. St. Patrick's, I think, I'm sure St. Patrick's played Spurs a few years ago in the in the group stages. It, you know, they the money. I think they got four million quid Dundalk from the group stage uh, yeah. two two seasons ago. You know, so that's a without stating the obvious. <laughs> you know, that's a huge amount of money coming into their into their club. Um, you know, massive amount of money that can change the club. It can made them go full time as footballers. You know, can can sort of pave the way for that. So, yeah, so there's a lot of things going on, but obviously the summer football is is something that we, we would look at. And I, I think the the attendances are the main thing in the Welsh Prem. I think we, we can't get away from that either. You know, I yeah. see, I saw the attendance at 
uh, Colin Bakeland did know a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if uh, I think it was over a thousand. Yeah, I think. yeah, 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 over a thousand there, wasn't it? Flint, yeah. Flint to CNS was a good one last week as well. Yeah, yeah. I, went, I was at that game. I think it was over five hundred, nearly six hundred. Yeah. I think that was good. The Flint, the Flint Connors Key Welsh Cup game, I think was a. Oh, yeah. I think that was four figures. I think yeah, it was good. Yeah. So. But you know we, we need more of that and, and and you know would the weather get people out you know I, I think it probably would I think it would help yeah. um, a nice yeah. summer's day and people come to watch football and and then you know clubs then have got the secondary spend as well you know the everything else on on top of that so mm. yeah I I think you know I, I'd like to see it given a go in, in in a nutshell I should have just said that at the start really wouldn't I instead of that <laughs> elongated Not- reply. <laughs> I, I- Coming, coming from a fan's perspective, obviously, I follow Pennebon and I follow Cardiff City. So the likelihood is most weekends I've got to choose one or the other. At the moment, it's quite an easy choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. but like, I think whether it's summer or more Friday games, more Sunday, it's not, it's no coincidence that the Friday matches seem to get bigger crowds than the Saturday matches because, you know, and uh, most fans who watch teams around the Welsh Premier League usually have a Premier League side or a championship side in England that they follow as well. Um, you know, whether there's people who follow Liverpool or Everton up north, obviously a lot of people down south follow Cardiff, Swansea, Newport, etc. So would, would that work for you? Like, it's difficult because I know the travel's difficult. So a Friday night is difficult because, you know, if, if Newtown are playing Pennebond away on a Friday night, you've got to be leaving at like two o'clock, which means people have got to, you've got to rely on lads to have half days. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I think you can be clever with that, and I think to be fair to the league, I think it's a hundred miles, so you can't you, you can't tra- you'll travel over a hundred miles. So I think you know you pretty much will get local games. Mm. I don't want to speak for any other club. I know our club we we quite like the, the Friday nights, the players and the staff. Obviously, you know you, it's an add-on of your your working day. Yeah, and then you, you get to play the game under lights. There's you know, nothing better than playing a game under lights, in my opinion, and mm. and obviously then. You know, you might get the crowds because, as you say, the, the people then will go and watch, you know, Wrexham on a Saturday, obviously now with what's going on at the, at the club there and the interest. And, you know, I, w- I won't say Chester just because Tom <laughs> might, might cut me off. But, um, you know, right, um, people from Chester don't even watch Chester, mate. <laughs> I was, I was going to, I won't say Shrewsbury as well. Though, but, you know, but you know, going, going to the Premier League, obviously Liverpool, Everton, Manchester's only you know, an hour from North Wales, 45 minutes. And we, you know, you see, you only have to drive through the towns and you can see people waiting in their kits, uh, in their Premier League football kits to go and get their bus to go off to, off to, off to the Premier League game. So, you know, can we, can we try and get hook them in a little bit? Summer football, when there's no Premier League, English Premier League now, you know, is via the months of June, July and August, people might say, well, you know, we'll go and watch a game, you know, as you said, then Cardiff aren't playing or Swansea aren't playing, so we'll go out and watch our our local team, and then you know that might be might sort of you know increase the attendances and and what have you. But yeah, look, it's a tough one because you know we want to get people into the grounds, we want the attendances to be higher, and we want to start, we want to you know we want to do well as for, uh, on the pitch as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think you've uh, echoed the sentiments of most people. Uh, involved with the league. Obviously, on this podcast, me and Ryan, you know, and and Rodri and and that idiot Phillips as well. We spoke <laughs> about um, we spoke a lot about Welsh po- football, and we always say we say we can't understand why people don't get out there and go and watch their local club. They've got a great product. 
They've got a great product on their doorstep. And this is why we, you know, it's great to chat with guys like you, Chris, and, you know, someone with passion for, why, for domestic why do we think? Why do we think that is, though? Just, I, 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 I have no way. Because, like, on fr- last Friday, I went to watch, we, we were playing on the Saturday, I went to watch Denby play. You know, I know yeah. it's, I literally live in the town, so I walk across and I watch the game, but I've been to watch Rithian play from down the road, you know. You know, yeah. I, I just go and watch, because I know I'm a football nut, and I'll go and watch any game, but... It it, I, it it sort of puzzles me why. Yeah, no, I, I'm exa- I'm exactly the same, Chris. And I I, I just mm. don't get it. I think it's I think it's the age old. You hear a lot of people, um, you know, who sort of say, oh, you know, I don't want to go and watch, you know, X club, whatever their local club. Oh, it's rubbish. But you say, oh, when's the last time you went to watch him? Mm. Like, and they say like 1992 or something like that. Do you know what I mean? They, yeah. They, 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 it's like this sort of like lazy mentality. I don't. I don't want to berate people mm. too much. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's a very, it's, it's a very yeah. strange. And and I, I, I'm a sad. I'm trying my, my utmost. Like I'm trying my best. Ryan's doing the same to say to people, look, there's a great product on your doorstep. Go and watch your local football. It's so much better than you think it is. Yeah. And also, you know, I think it goes hand in hand, Chris, as well. I think uh, when people start going through the turnstiles, I think obviously that that generates money, that generates more income for these clubs, and that means that the the facilities are going to get better. It's just going to have a knock on effect right through mm. the pyramid. Absolutely, so, absolutely. I mean, yeah. no, you know, I like I say, this is this is what we're trying to do, right, on the podcast, isn't it? And yeah. trying to give uh, you know the the domestic game as much uh, publicity as we can. Absolutely. Yeah. No, no, I, I think. Sorry, Greg. Right, I, I was just going to say another thing in terms of just like getting the league out there, and and it's going to sound, it might sound ridiculous, but I think with like getting it on something like uh, a FIFA game, um, and having like you, you know, I think a lot of young kids may, what play more games now than watch matches. I think. Yeah. You know, and 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 uh, like YouTube and stuff. I think I think there needs to be more people out there and I think it almost like you've got to legitimise the league to these people because people have this idea of it as it's it's glorified Sunday league and you know because it, it's not professional and it hasn't got the sort of the trendiness that a lot of the Premier League club has Premier League's club have but yeah, I, 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 I see it, much better games in the, in the Cymru Premier than I do in the Championship yeah. or yeah. you know I'd rather watch a Cymru Premier game on a on a Saturday evening than um, the Championship game because it's yeah. bound to be more exciting yeah, I think that's, I think that's well, what it, that's what Mick McCarthy does to you, though. To be fair, right? <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think as well that you know the Scorio uh, coverage has been a, a real bonus over the years. Um, you know the the the, the, the coverage that, that they give in terms of the live games. What what you know a live game every week. Um, I know they changed the the way that they're producing it this year onto YouTube and um, and Facebook a little bit more. But, you know, it's it's all good. You know, I talked to quite a few people in the in the English system and, you know, I remember talking to Byron Williams um, about the league when I was trying to sign him and it, it, his first thing was sort of TNS. Mm. So he, he, he obviously heard of TNS and I think whilst that was good, obviously, because he was from, you know, knew about them and the league, but he didn't know a great deal else about the league. And, you know, I think how we raise the profile, you know, um, I think success in, in Europe, you know, if yeah. we could get a team into the group stages, that would be fantastic. But, you know, as I said before, I think there's a bit of work to do before we get to that stage. But, you know, I know, um, I know it's not for the one to try from the clubs, but, um, but yeah, it, it, you know, I think obviously with the national team at the moment, hopefully, um, you know, it'd be great if they could qualify for the world cup. I'm, I'm not sure if I can, 
get past the guitar, but I'll I'll try. Um, I'll try with I'll try. But um, I went out. Typical, typical me. But the only game I went to in uh, 2016 was the England game. So, oh uh, no! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I could have gone. It was the Russia game or the England game, and it was. Um, I went to the England game. Great. Oh. Yeah, couldn't be. Out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's my fault. That's that's why we lost. It was my fault. Yeah, cheers, that Chris. Yeah, that that was that was the that was the worst city that we went to in the whole place as well. Yeah, (laughs) just to add insult to injury. Yeah, do you know what everyone said that we we me and my friend we went to um, we flew to Brussels on that and then got the train to to Lens. And I remember thinking when we got to Lens, this is this is not big enough for England v Wales. This town, it was it wasn't big enough and. uh, and then I was uh, I was sat not far from the England fans as well, and we run a bit of banter when we were one nil up, and then I just crumbled at two one. But uh, yeah, it was a horrible feeling. I've, I've I've not had that feeling for a long time at a football match. But yeah, it was my fault that. And people have said <laughs> people have said to me as well, Tom. It was, you, you, you chose the worst trip, you know, to go on yeah. as well. You know. Yeah. But uh, but no, hopefully, listen, we we can we can get the business done next month and uh, and qualify and. Uh, or, or certainly, you know, get into the playoffs and get a home draw. That'd be that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. Fingers crossed. So I can't let you go before I ask you this question, Chris. Um, uh, are you interested in the Cardiff City job? <laughs> Cardiff. Uh, I, I wouldn't want you to start shouting at me. Right. Really <laughs> come on the podcast, slagging you yeah, off every week. Come on the podcast and slagging me off. So. Uh, so, uh, so no. So, it'll be an interesting one there. Who, who, who goes yeah. in there? Obviously, it's a big job, isn't it? In the in the championship, it's uh, yeah, you know, a big club and ex Premier League club. Obviously, only recently. So, yeah, hope, hopefully, um, you know, it's hopefully they can get the right manager in and uh, and move on. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be the poor soul going into that job next. Bless them. Anyway, a big thank you, Chris, for coming on. Really appreciate it, and um, best of luck for the rest of the season. And maybe we'll catch up towards the end of the season and see how you got on. No worries. Thanks for the invite. Enjoyed it. No, just just uh, reiterate what Ryan said. Can't thank you enough, Chris. It's great, and um, yeah, hopefully we'll uh, we'll get a few more managers on, and um, you know, I, I don't see any other managers outside the chippy. That's the only trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Cheers, Chris. Great. Thank no you, worries. Chris. Thank Cheers you, mate. Thanks, chaps. Right then, uh, that was Chris Hughes. Big thanks again to Chris for coming on. Uh, really interesting chat, Kaus, wasn't it? Yeah, it was absolutely awesome. Yeah, um, just echoing what we said, uh, sort of, you know, on other podcasts and stuff like that. Just, just great to chat about Welsh football. I, I absolutely love it. You love it. We, we all love it. Um, and um, yeah, just you know, great to speak to someone who's who's obviously. Um, you know, paid to do a job, but just so passionate about it as mm. well, and that really shone through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, football in Wales, you know, relies on people like him. You know, he's obviously one of the busiest men in Wales. Um, yeah. So yeah, fair yeah, play to him. Um, but yeah, so we'll have a little chat now about sort of how the Cymru Premiers go in this season. Um, uh, obviously, we haven't really paid much um, attention to it over the last few weeks, uh, as it's sort of just started going now we're, we're 10 games in though so we're starting to get an idea of um how the land lies um so obviously at the moment it's looking like tns have already wrapped the title up um i know stranger things have happened but they're 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 one eight drawn two 26 points seven points ahead of second cows it, it's a bit of a formality for them now do you think i know it's early to say that yeah uh, it looks that way it looks that way i i 
I thought for for anyone to really have a chance, I mean, Bala still as as and I've spoken about Colin Caton at Bala over the years. What a job he's done there mm-hmm. over the years, but they quite they can't quite get that consistency enough to really put in a, a solid challenge. Which there's no shame in that. They, they're still they're punching well above their weight. Mm-hmm. I know you know I know they've got good friends and stuff like that, but. For me, I was looking and I was thinking Craig Harrison has to go in there and really hit the ground running for them to uh, for anyone to challenge TNS really. As you say, still early days, anything can happen. But they look really good. And to be honest, we I think the three of us spoke about it in pre-season after seeing their European performances. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. the writing was on the wall to a certain extent. Then we could see that they were going to be a really tough side to beat this year. Um, and obviously, with with Andy Morrison gone now. We're looking at a bit of a, um, you know, a bit of a period for Connors Key now, where they're just they're just going to try and rebuild a little bit, I think. So, yeah. But to be honest, there's plenty plenty to play for. I know there's one less European place, but it's going to be really interesting. I mean, uh, Newtown uh, Carnarvon the other day that that was an interesting game because I think they're going to be two of the sides challenging. Uh, certainly, looks like Newtown are going to be uh, right up there. Yeah, I mean, um, as you said, Kaus, um there's one less space in the league, but because of Connor's key, Connor's keys, yeah. uh, bad. I can say it's a, not a very good start of the season for defending champions. Yeah. They're in tenth no, on ten points. Yeah. You know they're already sixteen points off the top, nine points off second. You know it's it's a yeah. it's a big yeah. ask now for them. Um, yeah. You know they they're going to probably at the moment be aiming just to finish in the top half. Um, yeah. But what that has done now is opened up second place. There's a proper race yeah. now for second place. I'm looking at the table now. You've got Flint yeah. on 19, Newtown on 19, Balor on 17, Met on 15, Pennebont and Carnarvon on 14, and then you've even got Barry and Haverford West on 11, and then Connors Key on 10 and Aberystwyth on 9. Unfortunately, Kevin Drews have still got the solitary point. It, it's not looking good for them. I think we can... They're only six wins off second, are they? So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, now... As long as, I, as long as no one else plays. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be some some turnaround now if they end up yeah. finishing second. But you, you look at that league and it is all to play for and that... It's it's If there's one season where Connors Key were going to drop off, this was the season we wanted. Um... It's going to be really interesting in that race for second. I mean, Rod, you know, is anyone in that sort of batch of teams that you think you know you you would conceive yeah, finishing second? I've kept up with the occasional highlight and the <clears throat> and the results and everything, so I know what the like the makeup of the table is so far. And from those teams, I, the Flint have been the one I is a Michael Wild up front for them. Yeah, so I think they look like they can from what I've seen. You can correct me if I if I'm wrong, but they they look like they're pretty capable this season. So um... yeah, I mean they took a point off TNS on Friday. They drew one all. Mm. So uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But then it's, it's yeah, still yeah. it's still really yeah. early, isn't it? There's ten ten yeah. games played so far. So yeah, like ten that. gone. So obviously so, there's yeah. uh, twenty two games in the first half of the season, and then there's another ten when the league splits. Yeah. So it's all to yeah. play for um, yeah. in the league. Um, and like I said. Like for example, Pennebont um, hadn't had only won once in the first six or seven games, and then they've gone and won two on the and they, they were in ninth, gone and won two on the bounce, and they're in the top half now within touching distance of of those European spots. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's 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 shaping up to be a really exciting league. Um, 
and I think because every club's raised their standard now, it's 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 you know anyone can beat anyone, which is nice in this league because for for so long it was quite you know uh, routine for a lot of these sides. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean that Bala Barry game looked like a hell of a game on the weekend. Yeah, it certainly did. Yeah, I think Ballo were winning three one, weren't they? Yeah, two late goals for Barry, wasn't it? Or late-ish goals, I think. But um, yeah, Uh, Barry and other clubs, Barry and Ballo, quite similar in the sense that they're sort of always the bridesmaid, never the bride. They they they're good. They're really good sides. I mean, Gavin Chesterfield over the years done an unbelievable job there. Mm. Um, But um, it's it's tough. It's tough to reach that next level, and I think maybe. I'm, yeah, obviously, I'm not talking about managerial changes, but you look at Koniski Nomads. I think someone like Andy Morrison, you know, the job that he did over the years, just to drag them to that next level. Yeah. Um, you know, is uh, I mean that's key. But but like I say, you know, those two clubs, the the managers, the job they've done there, absolutely incredible. Yeah. Because it's it, it people don't realise the you know the the effort they go with. Like we've obviously spoken depth, Chris, about this. Um, the the effort that these guys put in to drag their clubs up to that level, and you know when part most of the time it's it's a part time job for them. They're doing their day job in the day, and you know the 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 levels of professionalism now in the league are, are better than ever. Mm. And um, and yeah, I, I think like I say, get out there, watch your local side because the product on show is absolutely awesome compared to. Compared to years gone by, when maybe the league wasn't wasn't great, I remember watching it in the nineties and stuff. And at times, it you know it was quite poor. The pitches were poor, but no, really, the the league, the product on show in the league now is absolutely awesome. Yeah, totally agree. And I think that's a nice place to leave it. Uh, Rod, um, any any bold predictions for the rest of the Cymru Premier season? Uh, uh, <laughs> Kevin Drew is going to turn around and win the league. <laughs> that, that that would be a bold prediction. Um... <laughs> No, I'm not confident enough to, to make any bold predictions. I'm, I am surprised. Well, not that surprised because it's only 10 games. But Cardiff Met, I expected them to be lower down. They, yeah. They, they've done quite well to be up there. But then mm. I still think it's too early to be... I'm not going to be a Robbie Savage and shout out who's going to do this and that. <laughs> this, this early and then change my mind in five games' time. Yeah. When August hits up. So, no. Uh, no, just, just I'll just enjoy watching Scoria and seeing the highlights because there's some... Great football on show, like Cow said. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's the Cymru Premier. Uh, next up, uh, we'll speak to Agent Phillips. Agent Phillips, are you there? <laughs> what is going on now? Hello, right, hello. Hello, hello, hello he's, in the, he's in the bookies, man. He's in the bookies. <laughs> can you can you hear me? Yeah, I can loud and clear, mate. All right, <laughs> a bit of background so, noise, but I'll, yeah, sorry. I, I'll, I'll just leave you now. Just walk over here, right? Uh, yeah. So because your uh, little booklet thing has got me no player transfers at all, so I've had to set up uh, the first ever. I think it's the first ever uh, football auction. A live auction of footballers. So I've rounded them up uh, in a car park between my stick and Triorki, and I've got uh, Adrian the auctioneer. Yeah. And oh, hang on, Thagrid the Groove's just gone for 200 quid. 
he won't he won't be seeing any of that cash <laughs> and wait till they find out he's in Nimes and he can't get a work permit back <laughs> <laughs> Is it, yeah. I'm sure that's got to be against some sort of like I don't know, human trafficking laws. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You'll be up in the Why do you think this has been uh, taking place in uh, a car park between my snake and Trioc here? Not, <laughs> just to cover my own back, just check it's legal or not. Don't need to know. But yeah, so trying to make some cash because he's got. Uh, Pages and pages of players, they're just hanging about. I don't know if they're playing or not. They just, they're just, just I, I, love, I love the fact that, like, Phillips has got like some sort of footballer's holding pen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully, I'll get a chance to release them into the wilds of Welsh football and they can have a few games. But yeah, so the groove's just gone. Uh, hang on. Where's, where's he gone then? Memes, wasn't it? Memes. <laughs> Oh, just is that Bosch Thomas for a pound? <laughs> uh, KFC have just bid for Josh Thomas. <laughs> don't, don't you mean Bosch? <laughs> yeah, no, I was going to say we're not, we're not even bothering with Bosch anymore. Yeah. Uh, I got the name wrong. Sorry. Uh, yeah, when I say KFC, I mean Kidwelly Football Club, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, yeah, but I don't know, it might be too far for him and his electronic tag, but yeah, uh, hopefully we'll raise some funds, some cash, Not, don't take bank transfer and certainly don't understand PayPal. Well, any new players on the, on the, on the scene then, Phillips? Yeah, what's that? <laughs> 325, I hope, hope there's no decibel point in that, anyway, um... <laughs> Uh, Are you you okay, Phillips? (laughs) (laughs) You do seem a bit flustered tonight, Phillips, to be honest. He's just come off off his stint at uh, being the auctioneer. (laughs) (laughs) I genuinely think what I'm doing is hugely illegal. Anyway, um, (laughs) one one play for you this week, lads. I'll go into the pen soon within the next hour he'll be in the pen <laughs> battery, battery farmed footballers yeah uh, David Pondy <laughs> <laughs> oh we're stick- oh we are sticking with that are we we're sticking with that <laughs> yeah trying to rat these people out yeah David Pondy uh, according to this uh, he's a goalkeeper or a right back uh, a good shot stopper who's prone to rushes of blood Think of Joe, Jordan Pickford, but a Welsh paramilitary version. <laughs> <laughs> so it says here, I can only read what Tony gives me. Uh, he was playing for real youth before he fell out with the manager over the Barnet formula and how Wales doesn't get his fair share. <laughs> hell, of a, hell of a thing to fall out with, with someone about, but he did. Uh, he moved on to clubs like, right, there's a list here. Manith Ether, Isa, Spartans, Kinmel Bay, Meliden, and Mochtra Sports. But he left every club after a handful of games because he was always off on, and it's in inverted commas, manoeuvres. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what that means. He's been out of the game for a while because he's been on a fracking expedition in Angola. <laughs> <laughs> but he oh. failed to find gas, so he's had to come back. 
Uh, yeah, goalkeeper or right back, according to this. Can you can you play wide. both? At the, can you play both at the same time? I don't think yeah. you can play either, Brian. <laughs> Revolutionary tactics to the game that could be if a Welsh club wants to uh, incorporate right. a new a new, a new system. I, I knew we should. I knew we should have got uh, Chris Hughes on with you. <laughs> yeah. Chris Hughes is that the guy that taught uh, that uh, Kaus always asked me to get him a job as his assistant manager. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Yeah. yeah so it's, far, I've failed. Yeah. I don't think the Welsh Prem is ready for you, Kaus. <laughs> Yeah, I, d- I don't think the Cluid Prem was ever ready either. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Close the Cluid on your way out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so one player and uh, he will. Oh, hang on, he's he's up now. Two pound thirty-eight. No, 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 no. <laughs> Do it again. Yeah. Is there, is, there many people, is there many people in at this auction then, or is there uh, a good crowd, good crowd there, or is it like uh, three blokes <laughs> <laughs> and, and about 500 footballers? There's, one. <laughs> There's a couple of blacked out BMWs here, uh, I haven't seen them get out of the car yet, they're just flashing mods of cash through a window. Oh, so I thought you were going to say flashing oh, their yeah, lights, that's, that's a bit but that's, yeah. a, that's a bit different. Yeah. <laughs> That's I don't know what that means, boys. Uh, yeah, I, I, saw, I, I saw one of them cars uh, going past. It looked like a plasterer's radio. But, um, yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Painter, was he, mate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so i got to get back to this because uh, everyone's scared the Dover uh, Powers police are going to come, even though it's out of their jurisdiction. They are hot on my tails, as we know. Well, uh, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule, Phillips. Always appreciate it. Do you really? Well, jury's out on that one, mate. Two! Rodney, oh, do, you want, I... do you want to do the honours, Rodney? Yeah, off you go, Phillips. You clown. <laughs> I sold him for 400 pounds. Two boys! Two <laughs> boys! <laughs> Wrong of the week time. Uh, first off, your results from last week. It was a bit of a shock for me. I thought my pick might have run away with it, but obviously not. In uh, in bottom place, 9.5% of the vote, right wing hypocrites, uh, which was uh, Rodri's pick. Uh, yeah. Probably would have won on a lot of other weeks, Rod, but I think it was a, a big yeah, one maybe, this week. Maybe they thought I was talking about, I don't know, name a right wing foot, right winger. <laughs> Mbappe or something, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe they thought I was just on about that. But, uh, <laughs> um. 21.6% of the vote, uh, the United Kingdom. And uh, a winner with 69% of the vote, uh, Swansea Loyalists. So uh, I think you sort of captured the uh, yeah, the current yeah. uh, zeitgeist, I think the word is, isn't it? Um, yeah. Kaus with that, Ze- with that choice. Zeitgeist, yeah. <laughs> Big yeah. words. I think the word zeitgeist making its debut on the pod. So I, I think so, yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, I'm surprised yeah, he's not uh, been one of uh, Phillips's players, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Petter yeah, Zeitgeist. T- yeah. I was going to say something like Tony Zeitgeist. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so t- tonight, oh, t- tonight, today, uh, this week, I'm going to go for Cardiff Loyalists. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I was going to say, um, who? <laughs> I think there's like two, just, isn't it? Yeah, no, just, well, just, no, in, the no inter- just the interest of fairness. Yeah, no, I... Uh, <laughs> Um, right, I haven't got anything. So I, I'm, I'm looking at a, 
I'm looking at quite a flimsy shoe rack in front of me. Oh, for God's sake. Go... <laughs> right, right I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sick of winning, mate. I'm sick of winning. Um, no, what am I going to go for? Yeah, what did Paul oh, Burns... I, t- I, t- I tell you, I, I tell I you did what. See, yeah, was it Paul Burns that said, yeah. can, can we make it light? Because it was like uh, t- too difficult a choice. Yeah. It, they were all like pretty obvious no, I, winners most go... weeks, didn't they? I know exactly oh. what I'm going to go for. Um, I... Uh... On Saturday in Barnet, uh, in the uh, in the press area. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Prawn sandwich area. I um, after the game, I um, I'd gone in for a, for a pee, like, and then I come back out to do the interviews and stuff with Phil Parkinson and that. And the Barnet chairman, um, basically just to set the scene, I was d- driven all the way down to to London. Obviously, it's two hundred fifty miles. I went for comfort over fashion. I thought, bugger it, I'm going to wear my Under Armour tracky bottoms uh, and I'm going to go for comfort. So I wore them. Anyway, no problems getting in and all that. After the game, obviously, we'd hammered Barnet. Their chairman uh, looks me up and down and says, have you got a ticket? Like that. Mm. I was like, yeah, of course I have. I said, what is it? The trackies, is it? And he just smiled and went, oh, no, no, no. I just, what's what's the problem? He wasn't asking anyone else for a ticket, just me. Uh and yeah, it was it was nice to provide the ticket same press area. Right? I bet. And um, yeah, it was like I said to someone else, it's like a pretty woman moment. <laughs> uh, so so yeah, it was. I just I just thought, so what I'm what I'm labelling it as. I'm I'm gonna go for snobs, uh, people who sort of you know like to maybe judge people on appearances and stuff like that. Just snobs in general. I just can't be doing with that Tory mentality of, yeah. um, you yeah. know, it's it's almost as if he looked at me like I was a lesser human being than him. Uh, and why would someone dress the way I was? I wasn't dressed badly. I wasn't dressed like a chav or anything. There's me being snobby. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I... But yeah, he looked me up and down and he sort of, he'd, he'd made his mind on, up on me that I couldn't yeah. possibly belong there because of what I was wearing was that so, snob, and, he, snob. And, he, and he wasn't wrong <laughs> well no no he wasn't yeah no I, I definitely don't belong there but uh, but yeah it is my job so I've got to I've got to do it but uh, yeah I'll be wearing jeans in future I think but but yeah it just just pissed me off to be honest Fair yeah, you, should, you should you should wear some eccentric trousers like disco <laughs> flares or something <laughs> see what they say at every ground like <laughs> who's that te- who's that golfer te- that always wears mental uh, Ian Poulter uh, Ian Poulter yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. there's not a bad shout that <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure Rods has got some like outlandish shirts I could borrow yeah oh yeah more than full <laughs> <laughs> uh, right then uh, it's my pick um, I don't know I'm 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 in the Tommy Kaus camp uh, today of a limited um options i really don't know this week um what can i go for uh i'm looking at a, a dead battery of a of something <laughs> i couldn't go for a battery um what has happened to me this week um okay uh We'll go for a delayed one because, uh, unfortunately, I couldn't use it the week I came back from uh, the Wales away trip because I wasn't on the show. Um, I'm going to go for airports. Uh, (laughs) I had a nightmare getting through the airport uh, in Bristol. I had a nightmare getting through the airport in Helsinki. They're just horrible places and with COVID as well now. 
Right, the the movie <laughs> set airport in in <laughs> eastern and western Russia. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and they're just they're just hard work, and they and they're just not comfortable, and yeah. it's just 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 bollocks, isn't it? Trying to get through a lot of a lot of nonsense. So, uh, so yeah, just going to go for to just airports in general. Um, yeah, not a very passionate one for me this week, but. Uh, you know. stressful, stressful places I find. They unless, are, yeah. Unless you're getting on the on the pints, like in that on the way out or something, and you've got a holiday to look forward to or something. On that way back, it's just oh, waiting around and yeah, yeah. Someone's I, lost their bloody luggage or. Yeah, I, I I completely agree with what you both said. I, I hate airports and I hate yeah. flying. I hate the whole experience. Of yeah, it. yeah. I find it incredibly stressful. I used and, to like uh, flying. I think as yeah. I've got older, I really. It's, you know the novelty wears off, and then yeah. the crippling fear of getting old, and you see all these films where planes plummet out of the sky and <laughs> keep <laughs> it light, Rod. No, 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 no. We all think it, you know. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> planes plummeting out the sky. <laughs> I've been watching too much air crash investigation with my brother. Yeah. Yeah. Final destination and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> things like that, though. Mr. T had it right, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. B.A. B. A. Baracus. Mr. T and Dennis Burkamp. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, two, right. peas for, two peas from the same pod. <laughs> right, <right. laughs> okay, then, Rod, uh, what have you got this week? Uh... Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a man who's had another tough week. <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking in, in in the mirror now, and I'm, I could nominate myself because uh, I got eyes like a haunted pig, yeah, man. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. Well, should I, I just I have I didn't do it last week. I gave him a week off, but Andrew Artie Davis, hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck him in. He's back amongst the customary nominations. Uh, Hmm. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I'm coming. I'm prepared as well. Actually, no, my hamstring's bad again, so I'm gonna go for hamstrings. <laughs> I, I, I think it's fair. I mean, look at Gareth I'm, Bale. I'm, yeah, I'm hoping there's sixty yeah. percent of whoever's listening have got a yeah. similar experience as me with hamstrings because once they pop, they don't stop. Kind of. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a recurring injury for me at the moment. Oh dear. Uh, I, any like acceleration beyond a jog and my hamstrings just yeah. you know going pop and it's just a nightmare so i'll probably put about three stone on since bloody june when i did it first time this year so uh uh yeah once you, once you pop you can't stop that's it works yeah. works for both works for both hamstrings and pringles yeah <laughs> And and collarbones if you've got weak ones. <laughs> but personally, oh, my collarbones dear. are very robust at the time of speaking, so my shoulder is not outside. Everything <laughs> could change by Wednesday. Yeah, Ooh. it could do. Yeah, um, yeah, hamstrings. I've I've just you know bought a very low low energy to this pod today so that's a very low energy pick for me then. hey <laughs> yeah, like like we've said before you got to have the rough with the smoother these weeks we had a big yeah. big heavy hitters last week and now uh, this week's lineup uh is uh, snobs um airports and hamstrings uh yeah, yeah. Th- there's your picks Take your Vo- pick. <laughs> voting starts on um on friday uh yeah yeah. Big week. 
Uh, just to finish up, then we've got your questions. Unfortunately, Kaus is uh, is on a on a limit again um, these days. He's, he's he's too popular for his own good, so uh, we've got a limited time uh, to get through some questions. But we'll he's get off, through he, some. He's off for a scrap with a barnet chairman uh, <laughs> in, some, in some dungarees. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've got uh, quite a few music questions this week, which is nice. So starting with uh, view from the Ninians, Ben Price. Uh, hello Ben and uh, any Cardiff fans listening View from the Ninian is the podcast you should be listening to as well as this one um, what was the first album you lads purchased any any takers I think the first one I bought they, they used to be a fantastic record shop in real and I used to love record shops as well I could spend like two two hours in there mm. but like not looking at records just CDs and stuff but I'd the first one I think I ever bought was Word Gets Around by Stereophonics. Mm. Um, and I used to love the Stereophonics. The first two albums were awesome. Um, and then after that, I sort of lost a bit of interest. I think they went a bit bland. And basically, I think for the last 15 years, they've been making uh, dentist waiting room music. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think the first two Stereophonics albums were awesome. And yeah. I think, I, did, I, think yeah. I might have bought them both on the same day, Word Gets Around and... Uh, Performance and cocktails, I think it was called. Yeah, yeah, good, good choices. Uh, Rod, yeah, I'm starting to remember the album. I actually think it probably would have been Eddie Grant's greatest hits. <laughs> great stuff, great stuff. <laughs> but I do remember my first single was also a bit daft as well. It was um, Oxide of Neutrino Bound for the Reload, <laughs> which is like the Casualty <laughs> remix. <laughs> that is amazing. So Oxide that, Neutrino, I... they were from uh, So Solid Crew, weren't they? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but I remember I that. So. That was the like the the beginning, and it didn't last too long. But remember when music channels were a big thing, and you could watch yeah. the music videos. And I remember that song was on one of them, like obscure ones, which played like purely British-based um, songs, and saw that on there. Saw the Casualty remix. Classic. Like, fanc- fancied a bit of that with my eclectic mindset <laughs> Eddie <laughs> yeah. Grant and the casualty theme yeah so, nothing yeah. nothing like to write home about just <laughs> uh, no nonsense really I can't really remember mine because I used to listen to a lot of my dad's CDs so I used to like always like the, the a lot of old punk tracks I'm sure it was like a compilation called like Teenage Kicks and it was like a three you know when they used to do like in Tesco you get like a three CD sort of mix it was always like I don't know uh, dad rock or like best driving uh, tunes yeah. And I it was remember, like a, I rem- yeah, go on. And it was like a teenage kicks one, and it was like um, just loads of songs from like I don't know seventies and eighties, like punk and new wave. So I think I, I think it was that, and I found loads of great bands on there from what I remember. Um, and yeah, I think that sort of kicked off my music taste. So I, I think that's probably my first one I remember yeah. buying myself. Yeah, see, I remember that teenage answer. kicks. I remember that teenage kicks album. I think yeah, I think it is the same album because mm. it was. When I was like about eighteen, I used to go and like on on a Sunday afternoon, I go and play pool and watch the Premier League football in a pub in Denby called the Hand. And on the jukebox, they had that CD, and I used to love it. Was it had like you know all your big hitters like mm. the Clash, the Pistols, Sham sixty nine, yeah, all that the, sort of stuff. the Jam, and then yeah, it had like it was, some sort of like post yeah. post punk stuff like a bit of Joy Division, and then even yeah. like as late as the Cure. So yeah, it was yeah. loads it was of stuff. Great, like, it was a great yeah. album. That yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you were you were cool as a child. Cool that, as a child, and it's only yeah. gone downhill since. Yeah, my, um. my my first compilation <laughs> album would have been something like Now, 
that's what I called. Yeah, like I had, I had them in the house, but like that was yeah. bought through my parents and my sister. So I think like myself buying something. I remember picking it up, and it had loads of the tracks of like bands that I'd known through list my dad listens music, etc. So, uh, so yeah. Um, moving on, sort of from me being cool to to quickly dropping <laughs> off. Uh, as I am on this, as Jenko said, as I am on and this morning for the week, where's the best place for fish cake? Uh, Ice yeah. Bay, please, mate. Uh, and uh, I'm gonna have to stop banning people from talking about fish cakes. This, this has gone on for too long. Uh, Martin Peters said, <laughs> just a comment, really, rather than a question. After spending a week in Scotland, it made me realise how incredibly special the Welsh language is. Although Gaelic is present, it's tragically small in contrast. I'm in a pub in Rill and someone is speaking Welsh. Uh, which is yeah. absolutely fair enough. Yeah. And I, I sometimes I'm mystified by the fact the Welsh language is still alive, considering everything we've been through. Did they only uh, start talking Welsh in, in that pub in Rill when he walked in? <laughs> I, I heard they switched the language. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, no, uh, you're right though. You're right though. It is. Uh, how it's true, survived. isn't it? It's, it's like there's yeah. there's a lot of things in terms of the independence movement that we can that we can learn from from the Scots and obviously the Irish years and years and years ago. But but in terms of saving our language, I mean we've done a pretty good job. Uh, you know we've done a pretty good job. You know without getting yeah. too uh, too sort of like emotional. They tried to force us into the sea. But they haven't managed it yet. But uh, yeah. no, but like it's it's crazy, really. Like you think how how passionate the Irish are about um, you know uh, republicanism and stuff like that, and um, and yet their their language is is a lot weaker than ours, isn't mm. it? You know, let's not have a competition about it. But yeah, no, Martin makes a really good point. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, something to be proud of, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And another thing for someone to be proud of, uh, look at that segue, I'm getting good at this, aren't I? Um, <laughs> Andrew Dowlin, a uh, friend of the pod, has said, can you please mention my challenge of the 52 halves in 52 weeks? Uh, he's at 45 so far, um, and a link to sponsor him. Uh, we can't really do what Andrew's doing enough credit at the moment. Um, but basically what he's doing is he's running 52 half marathons in 52 weeks. He's already at 45. Uh, so it's a hell of an effort. I mean, he's only got seven to go. And uh, so he's, he's, he's running more than one a week at the moment. Uh, so an incredible effort. So what we'll do is we'll get Andrew on in a couple of weeks to talk about it more in depth, just to give it the, the credit it deserves. Cause it's a hell of a thing he's, he's doing. He's running further than that. The, uh how far I was staring in that picture he got of me out in uh, Moldova as well. <laughs> the 52 uh, half marathon stare. That, uh... yeah. yeah, he's a good photographer as well as the old lad. Yes. So, um, yeah. good, big shout out, fair play to him. Good yeah. no, Good that's man absolutely around. amazing. Top man. Yeah, it is. Well done. Yeah. Um, Reese Jones has said, what's the strangest dream you've ever had? Probably not airable, my one. No, none yeah. of them are they. No, <laughs> I did have one the other <laughs> yeah. night. Of uh, there was a lion in my front room that jumped and then got squished on a pavement and gave birth to three dogs. Strange um, dream. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I remember, my, my, I remember my worst nightmares always involved numbers. I don't know what the <laughs> hell that means, but yeah, yeah. It's terrifying. Do, <laughs> do you ever have them nightmares? Uh, two two nightmares I I always have. I, I can't remember. The mean my my missus is into all that like meanings of dreams and all that sort of stuff. She she'll tell me, but I always lose my teeth in dreams. <laughs> I've heard <laughs> I of that. Yeah, I always lose my teeth. And uh, the other one is um, uh, I, I I always get into fights, but 
like I can't like swing my arm very fast at all. <laughs> so I always, and also I'm, trying to run away from people, but your legs give way. I yeah. hate dreams. It's like yeah. negative stuff. I'm a multiple air crash survivor though. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if you're taking dreams into account, I've yeah. survived about a thousand plane explosions and stuff. So yes, so, stuff, similar yeah. to you with teeth cows. I always get like I always feel like I've got like my my thumbs lock. And I can't move them. That's a weird yeah. one. That's um, horrible. Those teeth ones, uh, they, they do mean like money problems or something. Yeah, they, I, I, I was all... going to say, that's what my missus told me, yeah. But yeah. it's it's a load of shit, because I remember having a dream when I was about six years old of losing all my teeth. They want money problems. I don't believe that meaning. Yeah. Stuff. I, I just think... Depends what you're drinking or eating before bedtime. I think. Yeah. Chemicals and. Handle had you had you out uh, you know doing the doing the garden did he for for your pocket <laughs> yeah. money worrying about oh, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nathan Davis has asked, "What was the wildest music gig you've ever attended? Anyone got any uh, suggestions for that? What, wildest? Yeah. Uh... I've got one that stands out for me. Um, there's two, both at Reading Festival. One was in twenty. 12 we saw the cortinas and it was phenomenal i was well into them at the time and it was incredible and the other one was a band called fiddler who were like a surf punk band from america um and we just saw them at like i don't know like two o'clock in the afternoon and it was absolute chaos and i remember getting blood all over my t-shirt i don't know if it was mine or someone else's chaos that's probably my choices <laughs> okay. um, I, i've um oh, friend of the pod gary davis uh he tells me about some of the gigs he goes to he's into like really hardcore punk oh right and, christ uh, yeah oh it's it's like it's crazy they th- uh, oh, I, I don't even want to go into it but <laughs> some of the stuff that goes on at these gigs is absolutely it's just beyond like i'm i'm more into like my indie music so yeah I mean, pe- people like that would call me a shoegazer <laughs> um, but um yeah that's that's my sort of thing i remember watching one of my favourite gigs, like I suppose, because I was surprised at how good they were, um, was in Wake Stock Festival near Puffelli. Right. Um, and saw the Future Heads about two thousand and eight. Oh they yeah, were yeah, awesome. Yeah. They yeah. were awesome. I like I liked them anyway, but they were absolutely brilliant. One of the best gigs I've ever been to. Mm. Anything from your rod? Mm, not off the top of my head. I'm just thinking of the more obscure, smaller ones. I'd be, I remember I stewarded in the mice being able veil one year. Oh Christ! <laughs> and I saw some bloody things that night. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's another podcast. Bit, in, yeah, completely. Yeah. So no, nothing wild. Not nothing that wild. It's just you know your usual gig antics, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. That the Ibu my spear was interesting. Being sober for them all. Oh, just, just in them, and yeah. yeah. Yeah, they Horror sound like interesting. I wish I did a Mice B when I was like 15, 16. I'm gutted I never was into that at the time. I was going to say, Mice B is, it attracts a very, very young crowd. It's their first like real experience of yeah, yeah. drinking and gigs and things like that. And, and they yeah. really do lose the plot. They're too young to yeah. handle it, basically, aren't they? Yeah, basically, yeah. We'll have to get Oz Gwyneth on one week to talk about, oh, <laughs> about some yeah. of the stuff he's, he's probably seen at Mice B's over the year. He's seen he's seen it plenty of times. And the weird <laughs> thing I remember he, uh, it was uh, Davy Duan at Denby doing my B and like, you got like all these like pissed up 13, 14, 15 year olds <laughs> watching watching Davy Duan. Yeah. Stage, yeah. Like, you know. Thankfully, there's a lot of really good like young Welsh bands now yeah. that I'm sure yeah. they don't have, you know they don't have to watch Davy Duan every year. Which yeah. Davy Duan ultras. 
<laughs> yeah, the, the pyro and stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, just a quick. Sam asked any thoughts on Friday's women's games. Obviously, we've spoken about them already, but Sam. Um, and Megan, who obviously has been on the show as well as a few others, were in Slovenia on Friday. So that absolutely hats off to them. It looked like yeah, they had a great time um, to get out of there, support the girls. Um, uh, yeah, t- t- fair play to them all. Um, Ethan Wynn has said, if Wrexham were to drop the feathers from the badge, what would you replace it with? Obviously, we spoke about this before. Um, I think we're all in agreement that Wrexham should drop the feathers. Again, I don't know what what to replace it with. Kaus, any, any quick answers for that one? There's, there's been a couple of uh, Photoshop jobs which have looked quite good. There's one like with the um, instead of the the like feathers on the green bit surrounded it, it's like the uh, the two lions of Glindor, which mm. that, that looked really smart. That did. Uh, yeah. I'd like something like that, but <coughs> uh, obviously I, I don't. Two really lions know. on your shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Now, now that you put it like that. <laughs> but uh yeah it's a difficult one i i really like the badge apart from the feathers yeah. it's a really good badge yeah apart from apart from them feathers so I well don't know. cardiff cardiff have got an asian dragon on because you know the, the history of the asian dragon and the city of cardiff goes <laughs> goes deep yeah. um right we got five questions here and they're all really good and i i think i feel like we should give all of them lip service but we are running out of time um so boosh Another food question: Should a pie have a crust lid? Uh, yes. If if not, is it a tart? I guess so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Boosh, thank you ever so much. Unfortunately, in these times, yeah. the food questions do have to fall away. Um, right, Kevin Davis has asked a really good question about the World Cup in Qatar. Um, I feel like we could do a really long conversation about that, so we'll save that for another week because yeah, because if. You, if- like we said last week, get them in again because most yeah. weeks we'd be fine for time. But yeah, the last do. fortnight's not been quite right um, yeah. with time, and I think that will go well with the international games coming up. Uh, Jamie Evans has asked about uh, Welsh players at the South Wales clubs again. I'd like to go into that in more detail, so we'll save that for another week. Um, so then Gareth's asked. Well, we'll do these last two quickly. Gareth's asked, which band or artist do you think have never made a bad album? Off the top of my head, Arctic Monkeys, because I don't think I've, they've really got a weak point. Anyone else? Ooh, I, you, I like. You, uh, yeah, sorry, Kaz, you go. I was just going to say that the the the, um, the latest Arctic Monkeys wasn't my cup of tea. Apart, from yeah, I get that. Four four out of four stars out of five is all right. Is it four stars? Yeah, that's five? the one. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was a good song. I didn't really like the rest of it. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. I, I think I'm a huge, huge, huge Oasis fan. Uh, but yeah, there's some stinkers in there, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, I, I think standing on the shoulders of giants. Was yeah. a poor one. To be honest, Stone Roses—they only did two, but they were both good albums. Yeah, I think I think with Oasis, if they'd done the first two albums and then released the Master Plan as the third album and then called it a day, yeah. they're untouchable. But yeah, yeah. it did uh, get a bit silly. Any obvious ones from you, Rod? Any Eddie I, Grant? I, I, or, I, I don't know. Well, he's he's quality as you all know. But um, outside neutrino. I I I love I love. I love all the stuff Manix put out. I even the like some of their more obscure albums, like yeah. Rewind the Film and things like that. I always love what they put out. I think I'm just blind fanboy of theirs. But I I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, then for me, that. they're t- they're very timeless band. I think they yeah. they always put a, at least three or four good, really good songs out on every album. So them for me. Yeah. Good answers. Yeah. Right then, uh, Father of the Pod with the final question with a really good question this week. Uh, if you could invite 
I called him father of the pod. The pod father, of course, Alan March. <laughs> um, if you could invite three people from throughout history to join this podcast, who would you invite? Should we do one each rather than three each? That would yeah, be the... go on. Go on then, Rod. Kick us off. Fuck's sake, why me? <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know which way to go with tone-wise. You go. I, I, uh, Kaus? <laughs> oh, I'm going to do it every day of the week. Okay. I, I don't know what he was like. Was he a chat, chatty, was he, or...? I, I, I think he would have been. And yeah. I think I think he would have been. Um, you know, I think he'd have been a big Wrexham fan as well. So, yeah. Um, you know, obviously he was uh, six hundred years before football. <laughs> I'd like to think. Uh, I'd like to think he'd be a big Wrexham fan from where he came from. Uh, Rod, what are you going for? Are you go for a historical figure or someone a bit bit less. I'm still. I still don't know. The time constraints have got me feeling on edge and pressurised. Well, I feel. I feel like Der- Derek Brockway um, and <laughs> Derek Brock Brockway and Owen do would be a hell of a double yeah. team. Yeah. Um, yeah. Steve Spears, Ross. Steve Spears. <laughs> yeah. Get him in characters, the butcher. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and the Lew- and the Lewis twins from Twin Town as well. I think oh, that would yeah. be. Uh, yeah. That would be a hell of a. A podcast there. Oh, Anglin do Derek Brockway, <laughs> the Lewis twins, and Steve Spears as the butcher, yeah. and and Agent uh, Phillips. Agent Phillips, and just to throw in as well, um, the man from Mod Plan. I think he would be good. As well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, that is a wrap for the show. Kaus, uh, you're picking the track this week. What have you gone for? I've gone for uh, Gwalia by uh, Gwilym's bit of an indie track. Mm. Um, it's it's an absolute cracker. Gwilym are great, um, yeah. Yeah, great band. Um, they've been around for a few years now as well. Very mm. talented lads. Um, yeah, yeah, very good track, this. Good stuff. Okay, uh, that's it from us. Thank you for listening again. At the end of the day, what other podcasts are you going to get? Chris Hughes and Agent Phillips on the same podcast. So uh, and, De- and Derek Brockway and as well. Brock. Yeah, plenty of Brockway yeah, throughout. And uh, live coverage from an illegal play- football player auction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, Rodri, any closing statements from you? No. Keep on trucking. See you soon. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Kaus, anything from you? Yeah, since Rodri hasn't done it, uh, I'm going to say, yeah, come on! Get in there, come (laughs) on. Yeah, Uh, yeah, so a big thank you uh, from us again for listening and uh, to play us out, it is Gwalia by Twilight.